sound of sensation across the nation. Listen to Radio Goodies. Boom. Welcome to the Goodies Pirate Podcast, episode 10. I'm Dave. I'm Rob. And I'm Richard. And this week we're looking at Pollution, also known as the Ministry of Pollution, originally broadcast on the 15th of October 1971, again a Friday, a bit later this time, at 10.10pm. Now I'm not sure whether that's because they wanted it on the other side of the watershed, or if there was just something else that went out earlier. But it was put out a bit later than the last couple of episodes. Richard, do you want to lead us off and tell us what you thought of this one? Yes, all right. Look, I'll start by saying... It wasn't a question. You have no choice. You will will tell us what you thought. Uh, Look, I'll start by saying I enjoyed it. I thought it probably... It's a much more visual episode, I think, than some of the other ones uh, we've seen up to this point and probably some of the ones that are coming. I I wouldn't say it was the best episode I've watched, but... um, Look, it was certainly entertaining to watch. I got quite a few laughs out of it, and there are some good moments. But my notes were that it was a lot more visual. Um, it relies a lot more on the visual humour. That's fair enough, Rob. I thought a little bit more of it than Richard did. I agree, it does rely quite a deal on the visual elements to, to, to generate laughs. But uh, given that, I, I thought that there was a bit more amusing in it to enjoy. Yeah, look, I quite enjoyed this one, and I wanted to make the general point... This is one that I haven't watched a lot of. I can remember watching it as a kid in the various broadcasts, Mm. and my memory of that is almost entirely, in fact, probably entirely, in the last five minutes, the stuff of them going around after the rain clouds have fallen and the grass has grown, then with the green grass hair. I remember the whole episode being that, and I can remember that quite well, but it wasn't an episode that I got anything out of as a kid, and as a result, it's not one I've sought out and gone to watch again as an adult. No, that's that's probably fair. I'd be much the same boat. I remember it being on the ABC, but you're right, it's not one I've watched, I don't think I've watched hardly at all, I would think, in in the years since. No, so certainly, apart from one or two of the visual jokes, I was watching particularly the first half of this in preparation for this podcast, and there was stuff there I just completely couldn't remember, and it was as I was watching for the first time, and seeing it in that, that way as an adult... I actually got a huge amount more out of it than I did as a kid. And I think there's actually some quite good stuff in there. But I agree with what you say. It's certainly not the best of episodes, but it is certainly a more visual episode. Now, one thing you can say about this episode is that it gets straight into the story. The story. Mm-hmm. Their, their pollution is clearly a problem. You have a dead parrot gag, which is ahead of its time. <laughs> <laughs> is it just ahead of the Monty Python skit? I actually didn't look up the date, but I think it would be just ahead. I'm sure I'm sure if it wasn't, they would have made a reference to yep. it. Mm. Yep. Um, but yeah, definitely a dead parrot gag in there. And uh, look, there's a very clear theme here, guys. It's pollution. But as we were discussing before we turned the microphone on, they actually don't spend a lot of time lambasting pollution itself just the exploitation of it by the government, which is an interesting approach. It is. I mean, there's the scenes in the start where you see how bad the problem is. I mean, they go to the beach and the guy jumps in the water and comes out covered in filth. The the, the beach that's clearly a small creek in a quarry. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) There's a bloke there sitting there, you know, he's got the traditional English handkerchief with the the knotted corners (laughs) on his head and a gas mask on. But you're right, they don't really dwell too much on 
like the evils of pollution or really what it's actually doing to the world. They discover the government's behind it, so then it really becomes about how do we stop the government. Yeah, it's actually an episode that I think is much more about government corruption or government cynicism than it is about pollution. Pollution's just the vehicle mm. to get there, and you really feel that, that start with... Oh, it must be one of my favourite parts of the episode, which is the government helpline. Um, if you'd like to complain about what Enoch Powell said this week... <laughs> we saw <laughs> Mr Powell didn't mean it. You know, those, those sort of things, I thought that was actually quite funny. And yes. Of course, then, like a lot of goody scripts, he does have that uh, cheat in that this a supposed secret plot organisation is on their help desk as option five. You know, <laughs> if you want to talk about the Ministry of Pollution. And let's face it, the whole episode wouldn't happen if that wasn't on their answer machine. No. So, mm. But it, I guess it needs to be. And any other thoughts about the early stuff? Because then we get into their first trip down to the Ministry. Um, and I, I noted here that uh, Bill's song in this one actually works quite well. There's actually, so what have they done to the country song? Yeah. yeah. It's actually an example of a song that actually is a little bit more detailed than one or two words repeated <laughs> continually. It's got a slightly different tune that fits in with the theme. There's actually, there's actually, it's actually quite a good song. It's not you know, a great song, but compared mm. to some of the other little ditties in there that I must admit time has not always been kind to. I like the needed song that they use just about every, every episode. Time. Yeah, I thought it was actually quite good. The glowing cows is a terrible, terrible effect. Yeah, oh yeah, it is. <laughs> but it's quite a funny concept. Yes, yes. Uh, and there's a Concord reference, which just makes it feel so old. Mm. So seventies. Yeah. Again, there there is some good visual stuff in there. The bug at the beach. I mean, there's the, the bit with the dog where they throw the ball for the dog and it just sinks under the water. <laughs> That's really the end, really, of of the actual what pollution is doing to the country stuff. You, you then sort of get into, well, they, they go to the ministry and then they see the mysterious black van driving and then that takes you in the whole episode in a complete, almost completely different direction. But interestingly enough, and again, this is getting back to stuff that I had no memory of and was watching it as though it was the first time. When you saw the stuff in the montage of the person we will discover is the minister going along and sabotaging the crops to then to go and sell them new crops... I thought there was going to be a lot more of that harder edge to it, of the government being very deliberate about that. They do kind of soften it as they get into the department, don't they? Yes. Yes? Very much, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I, I mean, it, it's, it's something very much broader terms. Like, you have the, the room for pollution, and then you have the wing, the other wing of the ministry that's the for putting it right. Mm. Yes. It's like the European Union. <laughs> well, I mean, I suppose it's it's hard to hard to fault them for not having a harder edge. I mean, it is a, a vehicle for broader comedy and it's not really something that you were going to go hard satirising pollution and the government's dealing with it. No, and you get the feeling of the way they're approaching this by the way that they portray themselves as civil servants in that civil servants are very much clearly a part of the upper middle class. Mm. They've obviously been to the right universities and have the right various and they're being like civil servants. You know, that, that sort of joke <laughs> is making fun of that whole and this is probably the very end of that era in britain mm. of the civil servants who've all been to the same university all been to the same school they all wear the same suit with the bowler hat they all speak the same way and there's that really homogenous government class that was running the show back then and this is this is very much the dying days of that now one note that i did make here is the minister for pollution is played by ronnie stevens who i actually recognize from a couple of other british shows he has a couple of appearances in Rumpole the Bailey as one of the 
uh, High Court, no High Court, um, Court of Appeal Justices. And he's also in an episode of Yes, Prime Minister. He's in the Bishop's Gambit. He's the one from the appointments office that has to help pick the bishops. Right. So I actually recognised him from a couple of other bits of fondly remembered British television. And there's an, actually an Australian connection uh, for local listeners. Uh, apparently he came out um, in the late 60s and starred or worked on for a year on the Mavis Bramston show, which was a, right. a groundbreaking uh, Australian comedy series, uh, I think commercial television at the time. Yes, and I think sadly very little of it now survives, I think. Really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. There you go. Now you've got some quite fun stuff in the uh, interview with the minister where they actually get back to just their normal hijinks. Hijinks. Yeah. I thought that probably the highlight of it was when he's asked what the time is and brings out the camera. You were with, with, with the, the clock with on the, the front of it. it. There was some other stuff. Rob, you were making some gestures just then. Well, you know, the, the, the fake the, arm. The, the fake arm. <laughs> with, the re- with the recording device in the palm, so. Yes, just very good, just hijinks and fun there. It then, and again, it, they struggle to get a tone with this one because it goes from being quite funny to being quite dark to being quite funny. Then goes back to being a bit edgy again where you have the men from the ministry rock up to sort of try and... Put the frighteners on them. Yeah, the, the heavies. <laughs> which is... Oh, for 1971 Britain, that's a bit of a interesting place to go. The idea mm. the government would send across frighteners. I mean, that's the sort of thing you'd expect more from something like uh, House of Cards in the 90s. The idea the government has heavies that will go around and do that sort but of to thing. Take care of the dirty work. Yeah. Yeah, so it was interesting to see that. Uh, any other thoughts at this point, gentlemen? Or you, you're right. I mean, look, they, they lead in by there's the scene uh, where, where they make the David Frost joke. They're going to ring the highest authority in the land. <laughs> not, not David Frost. <laughs> not that uh, high. But um, they ring the prime minister, and there, there's quite the quite amusing bit with the phone where the prime minister's just abusing Tim, yes. and he said, "I'm not listening to you anymore." Hangs up, and then off comes the phone like a snake, and then blows. <laughs> That, that was quite funny. And there's a couple of bits in there where he says, well, I've never been called that before. Well, well, I know you've been called that before. But... <laughs> uh, yes. And then gets into what's probably my favourite part of the episode, which is the, the sequence on the balloon. Yes. Where, where Graham comes up with another one of his magical solutions. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, which is very funny, them just dashing around. I did make a note, though. Tim very clearly says at one point... I'm the captain of this ship. Yes, I noticed that too. So it, it's being made quite, quite clear at this point that they're not equal, and Tim does, well, at least perceive himself to be the boss. Well, he his aunt's money is the is the reason for why they exist in they, the first They place. have the office and everything, and, and yes, it was initially his, and the good the whole goodies concept is his idea. Yes, but it, it's, it's been a bit up and down as to who's actually in charge, but this makes it very clear Tim definitely thinks that he is. And we then get into the rain cloud, and I must admit it's another one of those funny sequences. And they do variations of this across the series, but the cloud floating across the map of Britain was, <laughs> was very funny. And I do love Graham's explanation. Instead of a large part of the area getting a little bit of grass, a very small area will get a very large part of grass. <laughs> and they do they do milk that very very well. And then you get to the bit that I think everybody remembers as being the episode. Certainly I did, but it's only six minutes. It's, I actually checked it out, and the moment when the grass starts to grow is actually only six minutes from the end credits. So it's only about a fifth of the episode, mm. which okay. is, is quite interesting. Uh, what do we think of that sequence? Oh, I suppose it's clever, you know, nature run amok. It is. I mean, look, it's very obviously 
they've gone to some waste ground somewhere and just set up a few, you know, set up the yeah. the, um, the traffic bollards um, <laughs> and and whatever. But it, it, it works and look, it's quite effective, I, I think. Um, and I mean, look, the, you do get some visual humour where they're they're trimming their hair with shears, you know, they're putting the um, the garden gnome. Oh yes, on top. yes, yes. <laughs> that is an amusing visual. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's a, it's a nice way of reinforcing Tim's character that he's got to don't step on the grass or keep off the grass <laughs> on, on his hair. At this point in the series, they're sort of solidifying Tim's persona, aren't they? Yeah, so I was going to make a more general point that Tim in Series 2 does feel a lot stronger than he does in Series 1 or Season 1. He's, he's, he feels more familiar to what we sort of know of the goodies uh, back. I, I, yeah, I yeah. think so. Now, the final point that I've made just in terms of the plot is that in the end the government does win hmm. and that's actually a recurring theme as well again they don't make a big deal of it all and it's not you know depressing or anything but it's a little bit cynical that even though they do all this thing and they think they foiled the government's plans the government just decides to nationalize lawnmowers and make a killing and <laughs> everything's okay and, and then they're going to build the, the airport on the waste ground outside the goodies yeah outside the goodies flat or and, house. And, yes a, amusing to think that um theresa may is still grappling with where to put that extra runway <laughs> <laughs> later. <laughs> so any other general thoughts about the episode, guys? My main takeaway was I, I felt that the, uh, the the film sequences, amusing though they might have been in part, really killed the momentum of the story sort of stone dead. I felt that um, I don't know whether there was a device to reduce the amount of written gags that they were required for, for the episode, but it, it, it just felt that the story started and then there was a like an extended sequence of, and then it just stopped and then we sort of got back into it and it just sort of felt like... It felt disjointed, which was probably, yeah, what it, it sort of lurches from one thing, then you sort of have a big visual sequence um, and then the episode sort of changes direction when they go to the ministry mm. um, and then there's another whole... View, well, they follow the van, so and then there's another whole... And then there's sort of another sequence and then it changes direction again where they, they lay the, the grass down over is, is everything. Is this an artefact of the writing being split between the, you know, Graham and Bill? Well, I think it's an artefact of the fact that they're not writing a story. Mm. They're writing jokes. Yes. So they kind of want to take the plot where the jokes are going to be. Yes. Uh, but I, I agree with Richard. Look, there's, there's none, nothing in this episode I don't like. There was no point when I was bored. There's no point where I thought this isn't very good. No. They were all very good sequences, but they do feel as though it takes a number of very big tonal shifts between each set of gags. Yes. Um, they're all very good, but they, they don't sit very well next to each other. Which is... that Look, that's okay. It, at the end of the day, it's meant to be a... A comedy of, series. A, a comedy that's what I said. I mean, its main function is to make the audience laugh. Yeah. So, you, as you said, um, go where the jokes take you, in yeah. a sense. And, and if it and means they, that the story tends to be incoherent well so be it mm. and they've certainly done you know worked a lot harder than say Monty Python where there isn't even the pretense of the story you just if you can't get any further you get a bit of a cartoon sketch and then you just move somewhere completely different so yes. I actually think it's I think we're putting a little bit harsh on that I think it, it, it works hmm. so to our regular segments ads yes uh, we have another beans means heans Ed? Advert. I actually um, wrote down this one's notably drawn out in that they keep he keeps sort of almost getting there mm. and almost getting there. And I guess this is where they're starting to try to 
find variations on the theme. Though I th- the I, th- I found that the fact that it was drawn out and the prospect of violence is further delayed <laughs> and further delayed meant for me that when it finally came, it was it was funnier. It just it just felt funnier. Well, you sort of get the impression like you know, he knows he's going to get thumped, <laughs> um, and, and he sort of comes in and he's frantically trying to think of something else that rhymes with beans just to keep it going for a little bit longer. <laughs> Yeah, look, still enjoying the, the, the Beans ads. And then we had an the, ad for Dodo. The, the Dodo, which is a, a takeoff. It's a chocolate. It was a takeoff of a, a, an ad for uh, Rollo chocolates. And oh, it was done. Okay. The reason they're doing the jerky movements is because it was actually done as a series of still photographs um, oh, of people yeah. eating them and then jerky movements. They eat them and then they pass them to their friends. They obviously don't die after eating them, but <laughs> unfortunately the problem is it's rather undone by the fact there's a person walking through the background of the shot, but uh, somewhat inconveniently. But yeah, look, that, that was quite amusing. Yeah, look, even without knowing the source material, it's quite funny. It is a funny one. Yeah. They, they, they go and die. <laughs> um, it's just, it's just there's a sense of, in the back of my mind, this is very funny, but clearly this is sending up something that I'm just not familiar yeah. with. Yeah. And that's where the Pixley book comes into play, because you can... Uh, this is a free ad for it, of course. <laughs> One of the reasons for doing it, I think Andrew Pixley said, was to actually document cultural, think, the, yeah, cultural, uh, the cultural references that are now just dead and buried, basically. Cool. Do we have any first times or tropes in this episode? Well, Corbett Woodall makes another appearance. Yes. Yes, he does. And quite early on in this case, and this is actually a good example, and maybe the first, if not the second example, of using the Corbett Woodall newsreader not at the end of an episode to sort of punctuate what's happening, but to help them set up the plot yes. early on. Mm. Um, but apart from that, I think it was almost fairly trope-free. Yeah, I didn't one I reason didn't why it's any... not really remembered as, Maybe. as well? Maybe. It's a bit of a standalone? Yeah, I, I didn't have anything else, no. Okay, and did we have anything this week for what couldn't they get away with today? I, I thought, it's not, not really a case of couldn't get away with, but... The, the civil service jokes are of their time. Yes, I was going to say, I didn't have anything that, that was, no, was no. Now either politically incorrect or... or... I, I would say now the emphasis on pollution would be less on the pollution and more on climate change. People would be talking mm. more about climate change now than because we yep. seem to have more or less sort of fixed most of that. Not fixed, but, you know, dealt with it a little well, bit better. Well, it's more what's in, what's in focus now. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. As, a, as opposed to the very generic rising of ecological issues yep. as they were in 1971. Mm, very, mm. very generic. Okay, our favourite joke of the episode, or our favourite gag. Now, I've, I've got a couple of nominations. I'll go with one that I just, very little, very simple, but I really enjoyed, which is the Prime Minister knocking at the door and Bill opening and saying, oh, hello, sailor. Which, <laughs> it's just a, just a quite a funny idea. You know, this, this idea, and it's just, it's the sort of thing only Bilotti could have done, of the three of them. Is just this complete irreverence to the Prime Minister, the Hello Sailor joke. It just, I just thought it was really quite funny. Um, I had another one that I'll mention as well, but I suspect you guys might. Is the Hello Sailor one a cultural reference? Who was the Prime Minister at the time? Uh, Ted Heath. Yeah. Who was, was quite famous for taking time off to go and sail his and, boat. And he actually came, ah, here, okay, he actually yes. came here and competed in the, the Sydney to Hobart, I think, didn't he? Uh, I don't know if it was whilst he was Prime Minister or opposition leader, but yes, he definitely did. In the city of Hobart. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he was a yachting a yachting enthusiast. Yes, and he only and recently passed away in the last last few years. Yes, yes that's very yes. quite long lived. So yeah, he did fifty years in the Commons or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, also a very capable concerts, great pianist, and 
all sorts of very strange things, but lifelong, lifelong bachelor. Yes. Mm. Mm. Um, which is interesting, our minister, prime minister. But, you know, he was, he was the prime minister for the whole first half of the goodies. Yep. And so, yeah, that was a reference to that. Uh, Rob, any nominations for favourite gag? Well, um, I have actually personal... Of this episode, the strongest memories I have is the flying trandom. And my line comes from Tim screaming, abandoned ship, women and me first. <laughs> I thought that it encapsulated him at this point very, very well. Yeah, so, yes. I laughed at that. Richard? Mine was probably a visual gag, and it was the bit, I think, where Bill throws the ball for the dog, and he watched the dog jump into the water <laughs> and then just slowly sink out of sight. Um, <laughs> um, I, I did like the bit on the trandom as well. There's also the bit where Graham that they decide Bill clearly is the excess. Let's throw off the excess weight pointing at Bill. You know, Bill, and he says, oh, now you've made him cry. And he says, well, it's between you and me, so it's you. Get off. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, look, I, I noted as well that for sequences, that balloon tranum sequence is by far the best of the episode. But yeah, there's, look, there's, there's, there's some good stuff in this one. It's not a classic, but it is one that I'm, I'm glad that I've gone back and rewatched for this podcast because it was a lot better than I remember. Oh, look, I was certainly... I gave the impression, perhaps, at the start I didn't like it. Look, I certainly enjoyed it. As I said, I thought it was a really fun episode. I, yeah, I, I found it a little disjointed. And, and perhaps another example of the way that it was transmitted in Australia at, you know, family viewing. Yeah. So a lot of kids would have watched this. And this this... This episode is not one made for kids. No, not really. And and but I, I certainly, as you said, I certainly wasn't bored watching it or looking at my watch or how much longer is it or watching the timer on the on the on the YouTube. So, look, it was enjoyable to watch. I don't know whether it's one you'd keep coming back to though. Perhaps. No, look, it's not a classic at all. But I, I've enjoyed it. We'll be interested to hear what our listeners think. If you'd like to let us know, or if you have any questions for us, there are our contact details in the end credits. Speaking of which, it must now be time for a walk in the Black Forest. You've been listening to the Goodies Pirate Podcast, the Australian podcast that puts the good in goodies. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode or your thoughts on upcoming episodes. So please drop us a line by email at pirategoodiespc at gmail.com. Send us a tweet at at pirategoodiespc or find us on Facebook at facebook.com stroke pirategoodiespc. Goodies, goody, goody, yum, yum. told us what's going to happen. Well, work it out for yourself. Enough grass seed to re-sow the whole of the country has gone into one little cloud. So when that cloud turns to rain, instead of a large area getting a little bit of grass, a little area will get a large bit of grass. A large bit? Yeah. A lot. How much? Well, come on, how much? Well, look at it this way. Instead of 2,000 square miles getting one inch of grass, one square mile, we'll get 2,000 inches. Upwards? That's a disaster! Ah, look. You're right, it is a disaster. <laughs>